Welcome to BioTalk. My name is Jeff Meyerson, CEO and co-founder of Locust Walk, and you're listening to BioTalk, our podcast for biotech dealmakers. This episode of BioTalk is focused on Locust Walk's 2023 second quarter market conditions report, in which we apply the latest data to analyze current activities in the biopharma deal landscape. Each quarter, Locust Walk's deal team compiles key statistics and trends showcasing what is happening in the global private and public capital markets and strategic partnering and M&A activity. Our report covers key takeaways from the sector across the U.S., Europe, and Asia for a comprehensive view of biotech dealmaking. We invite you to review our report and hope you'll find it useful in your business. To download this report, please go to locustwalk.com and go to our Insights page. As always, Locust Walk is happy to speak with you further if you have any questions about our views or if we can be helpful to guide your organization through the current market environment. Next few minutes, I will provide deal-making context, highlight events that have made a critical impact in the biotech industry, and provide our outlook for the future and our best advice on how you can survive as a biotech deal-maker. Jumping right in, public markets have shown some signs of stabilization this quarter, with the XBI exhibiting a slight rebound, up by about 8% since the end of the first quarter. Nevertheless, this correction brings the XBI back to its position at the start of 2023, and it remains up only 9% over the last 12 months, which is underperforming the S&P, which has been up 16% over the same period. The number of companies trading below cash has come down from March at 212 companies compared to 165 at the end of June, but the figure remains significantly elevated, and we've largely retraced levels seen at the beginning of the year, which were high relative to historical trends of about 25 or fewer companies trading below cash. Additionally, the gradual revival of the XBI is driven by a chain of positive licensing deal flow this quarter, with average aggregate licensing deal value up 20% from the quarter one to $705 million. Notably, however, this rise in deal value is accompanied by a 40% decline in deal volume, reflecting the shift towards fewer deals and larger bets. In contrast, the venture market, which has favored later stage assets, licensing deals indicate that partners are taking a longer term view with significant investments in discovery preclinical assets across modalities and indications. This might sound counterintuitive based upon things that we're hearing, but the data doesn't lie and we are still finding early deals being done. M&A dealmaking, unfortunately, has been more moderate with an average deal size of about $1.5 billion, which is less than half of the $3.9 billion in average deal size from last quarter. One of the things that's keeping deal value this high was the Merck Prometheus deal, which without this deal, quarterly M&A value would have fallen in line with the two lowest quarters for value in 2022 by average value. Importantly, though, 20 deals were completed compared to 13 deals in the first quarter. And not surprisingly, 97% of all M&A value was for phase two and later, indicating that early stage M&A of material value is relatively rare and probably relegated to just mergers and small companies consolidating. Private financings, IPOs, and secondary offerings all remain below historical levels. There were two IPOs last week in July which has some people hopeful for recovery. That said, I'm skeptical that a new window will open. Some companies might get public, but the long line of IPOs who have not yet flipped public is unlikely to get out. It is quite challenging to attract private or public investment in the current interest rate environment for preclinical companies, but there is increasing access as data increases. 
Total venture financing and deal value this quarter remains in line with the low figure seen since the start of 2022 and sits around half the aggregate value seen throughout 2021. Furthermore, deal volume was in line with the prior quarter, but down 30% from the fourth quarter of 22, which represents the high point over the last 12 months. The IPO market remains largely shut for most biopharma companies with a grand total of three IPOs this quarter, two in the U.S., Intensity Therapeutics and Acelerin, and one European company, Oculus. The follow-on market has also been challenging with 75% of the companies completing secondaries raising less than $12 million. Where financings have been successful, they have been later stage rounds focused on later stage assets with clinical proof of concept. Series C investments saw the greatest growth this quarter, and financings for preclinical assets saw the greatest quarter over quarter decline, with investors preferring clinical stage companies with de-risked assets. So moving to Europe and the Asian markets. Strategic partnership deals in Europe and Asia reflected conditions in the U.S. with low deal volumes, the smallest number of licensing agreements since 2020, but a large boost in deal values. Europe was up 1.3x relative to the first quarter and Asia was up 2.7x relative to the first quarter. The European private markets look slightly more positive with financing deal values and volumes continuing on an upward trajectory since its historical low in the second quarter of 2022 though deal volume is still significantly down relative to pre-pandemic levels. Some data for consideration this quarter was 684 million raised versus last quarter, the first quarter of 23 of 563, and the fourth quarter of 22 was 433 million. The private markets in Japan were also relatively strong in Q2 with aggregate private deal value and volume both up from an all-time low in the first quarter. So, What does all this mean and what is Locust Walk's outlook? We believe that the recovery while underway for companies with phase two clinical proof of concept data and beyond will take unfortunately at least another 12 to 18 months, whereby there will need to be fewer companies trading below cash, fewer publicly traded biotechs and declining interest rates here in the US. This has been something I've shared for the past 18 months and continued to believe holds. Fundamentally, The last 15 years of excess U.S. government deficit spending and money printing cannot play itself out in just two years. When it comes to private financings, IPOs, and secondary offerings, there is a glimmer of life in the IPO market with bankers getting increasingly bullish. To be clear, some companies will get out, but I would not classify this as a window. I think preclinical IPOs will be an anomaly. To expect otherwise would require public investors to forget the lessons they learned the past two years when they invested so early. Preclinical private companies will continue to struggle to raise capital unless it is a very interesting scientific story or it is a best-in-class product with validated pharma interest. So what is our best advice for the current market? Cash preservation and cash generation by monetizing undercapitalized development programs is key for companies of all stages given the challenges the industry continues to face in both the public and private markets. We've seen an uptick that is supported by the data from Asian-based companies looking to license assets that bring innovation to their pipelines and access to the U.S. and EU markets. Pre-proof-of-concept private companies will likely need to rely on a combination of cash preservation and their existing investors to bridge the company to a more favorable financing environment or data readout. The number of investors that are required to be contacted, plus the amount of time required to close any private financing rounds, have both increased dramatically, 
Plans need to be made accordingly. Both investors and management will need to be objective about whether the company can exist as an independent company and capture value where possible, or are they going to have to consider things like mergers with other companies, or the worst alternative, of course, liquidation. As evidenced by the approvals we've seen this quarter, for example, Equemby, which technically occurred at the beginning of the third quarter, innovation and drug approvals continue. So companies are and should continue to focus on the factors they can control, like continuing to build great companies. This is a financing challenge that is impacting how innovation is pursued. The unmet need, ability of industry to meet that need, and the FDA's willingness to approve therapies has not changed. Eventually, the macro economy will heal, and companies need to do what they can to persist until then. Survive to thrive. So, in conclusion, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of BioTalk. Please let us know what you thought, and feel free to suggest potential topics for future episodes. We look forward to a productive dialogue and hope you tune in to our next podcast. Please share with all of your friends and colleagues so we can grow the audience. This is Jeff Meyerson for Biotalk, signing off.